Good morning. A very warm welcome to our service of worship on this Remembrance Sunday. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Jesus said, My command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. We gather today in the presence of Almighty God to bring glory to Jesus Christ, his Son, who laid down his life to save us from our sins. We also gather to remember with thanksgiving those who have died in the service of our country, in the cause of peace, and freedom and justice. As we join together in this time of worship and remembrance, may we each know the comfort and peace of God's loving presence. We begin our time of worship with our first hymn, and if you're able, please remain standing after the hymn for the act of remembrance, and before the two-minute silence, when I say the words, we will remember them. Please respond by saying together, we will remember them. So let us worship God as we stand to sing for our first hymn, O God, our help in ages past, mission praise number 498. During the First World War, the Canadian Army doctor, Major John McRae, wrote the following words on the battlefields of Flanders. In Flanders fields, the poppies blow, between the crosses row on row, that mark our place. And in the sky, the larks still bravely singing fly scarce heard amid the guns below. We 
are the dead. Short days ago we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders fields. We remember with thanksgiving and sorrow those whose lives in world wars and conflicts past and present have been given and taken away. Especially on this day, we give thanks for the remembrance we are privileged to make of those from this church whose lives were given in time of war and whose names are written here. During the First World War, James Barry, William M. Boyd, Andrew Duncan, Alfred Farish, Charles Ferrier, Thomas Guthrie, John S. M. Guthrie, William L. Harris, James Hogg, James Johnson, Albert G. Keane, James Millen, John C. Millen, Harold P. Miller, John Miller, J. S. B. McCrone, William McGill, James Rooney, James M. Samuels, Alexander C. Service, A.B. Thompson. During the Second World War, William Connell, John Drummond, Charles S. Duncan, John S. Finlay, Robert W. Hall, Robert Hamilton, John A. Ingalls, William J. F. Johnson, Robert Lees, Angus MacLeod, Joseph Miller, Charles T. Moyer, John Graham, James S. Robb, Ian Scott, Walter Simpson, Thomas H. Thompson, Norman J.D. Watson, John Woodman. They shall not grow old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them.
go home, tell them of us and say, for your tomorrow we gave our today. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. Let us in honesty of heart seek the Lord's renewing grace to deepen our wisdom and our peace and equip us as instruments of his kindness. Let us pray. Eternal God, you are the shepherd of our souls and the giver of life everlasting. On this day, when we commemorate and commend to you those who lived and died in the service of others, we are glad to remember that your purposes for us are good. For out of your great love, you gave your only son, Jesus Christ, for the life of the world. And by your Holy Spirit, you lead us into the paths of righteousness and peace. Merciful and faithful God, your purpose is to bring the kingdom of heaven, where love and peace and joy reign forever into all the earth through Jesus Christ, whom you have raised to the highest place. With sorrow we confess that in our hearts we have kept alive the passions and pride that leads to hatred and war. We are not worthy of your love, nor of the sacrifice made by others on our behalf. Lord, in your grace and mercy, pardon and deliver us from all our sins. Help us to forgive one another as you have forgiven us. Heal our divisions, cast out our fears, and renew our faith in you, most gracious Heavenly Father. Strengthen us to live for your purposes, to bring your kingdom of light into all the dark places of this world. By the power of your Holy Spirit in us, and for the glory of your name through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. You're welcome to stand as we sing our next hymn, Eternal Father, Strong to Save.
We come now to our church notices, and I'd like to welcome all who are joining with us today for a remembrance service, especially relatives of those from this church who fought and sacrificed their lives for our peace and freedom. I'd also like to thank those involved with today's arrangements, including Captain McConey and members of the 44th Glasgow Boys Brigade. Our Bible reading will now be read for us by Captain Stuart McConey. The first reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter 6, reading from verse 9. That's Matthew chapter 6, reading from verse 9. Jesus said, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they have sinned against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Your second reading comes from Matthew chapter 18, reading from verse 21 which is the parable of the unmerciful servant. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay you back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found that one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him. Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and the man had the man thrown into prison until he could repay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything what had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Amen. You're welcome to stand for our next hymn, which is Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone, from Mission Craze number 1151. is 
come to God's word, let's pray together. Lord God, our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing grace and love towards us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we come to your word this day, we ask that you would speak to our hearts and minds, that you would uh, reveal to us all that you have for us. And we thank you that um, we can come and ask for the help of your Spirit to help us to understand this, this day. So Lord, we ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Along with love, the greatest need in our world is for forgiveness. Because we all sin, we all make mistakes, and we all fall short of God's standard of love, love for God and love for our neighbor. And in that falling short, the consequences are found in broken relationships, conflict, and disharmony in our personal lives, our families, our communities, between nations and even with our natural world. Most significant of all, however, is our broken relationship with God. For without forgiveness from our holy God, in whom is no sin, we are left in darkness, cut off from the source of love and of life that lasts forever. And that's why forgiveness is such a big deal. Fortunately for us, God doesn't want us to be cut off from his love. He doesn't want us to remain in our sin and brokenness. Instead, he sent his son Jesus into the world to be our saviour. By dealing with our sin on the cross, Jesus opened the way for us to be reconciled with our eternally loving God. And he loved us so much that he suffered death for us so that we might be forgiven our sins and be born again into God's family and experience his love forever. But God's forgiveness received through faith in Jesus is something that we need to remember in all our other relationships as well. Because while we might pray the words of the Lord's Prayer in the different versions, forgive us our debts or forgive us our sins, we can so easily forget that they come with a condition attached as we forgive our debtors 
as we forgive those who sin against us. And that's the crux of Jesus' concluding comments in Matthew 6, 14 to 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This linking of our forgiveness by God to our, for, our forgiveness of other people is something that we can so easily forget. And yet Jesus is quite clearly telling us that if we expect God to forgive us, then we have to be prepared to forgive other people the things that they've done to us. However, I'm sure that we all know that that's not always an easy path to take. Some things will happen that others do or say that can hurt us deeply or hurt those that we love. And it can seem like the hardest thing in the world to forgive. And so it's understandable that Peter, Jesus' disciple, comes with his question to Jesus, seeking some kind of boundaries for forgiveness. After all, there are limits to other things, so what, why not for forgiveness? Surely if someone sins against us over and over, then we can legitimately decide no more forgiveness is required. Three strikes and they're out. So Peter comes to Jesus and asks, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Well, forgiving seven times actually sounds quite generous. And we can believe that Peter was probably just thinking that. But he was in for a bit of a surprise because Jesus answered by saying, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times or as it might also be translated, 70 times 7. And whichever calculations we use, 77 times or 490 times, it basically means there's no limit on forgiving. When it comes down to it, we're expected to forgive and to keep on forgiving. Now, just a word of clarification. If someone sins against us and keeps doing so, depending on what it is, we may have to limit contact with them. And there may be other consequences. If, for example, there's been an abusive or there's criminal behavior involved. However, the danger which Jesus is alerting us to is that if we choose not to forgive someone, then we become a prisoner to that unforgiveness because we can be so tormented by the corrosive effect of holding on to that uh, offense or that unforgiveness, refusing to let it go out of our souls. And while the effects of unforgiveness are serious enough for us as individuals, lack of forgiveness among communities can lead to almost endless cycles of violence and conflict perpetuated by the desire for revenge. That's why it's such a, a radical and releasing thing for individuals and communities to take the path of forgiveness. Examples in recent history would include the overcoming of the troubles in Northern Ireland and of apartheid in South Africa. Peace and reconciliation to any degree was only possible when it was accompanied by the willingness not only to seek justice, but to offer forgiveness. So how can we live in such a powerful way as people who forgive and keep on forgiving? In the parable of the unmerciful servant, Jesus is illustrating for us the truth that we need to let the experience of God's grace and mercy in our own lives shape our relationships with others. In Jesus' story, the king cancels the extremely large debt of his servant 
taking pity on his situation, it might have been thought that that would have changed the king's servant's heart, having received such great forgiveness of his own debts, that he would have at least shown a degree of compassion to his fellow servant who owed him a much, much smaller amount of money. But the shocking thing in the parable, the thing with which Jesus wants to draw our attention, is that the man instead shows not one bit of compassion or mercy for the other man. He's hard-hearted towards him, and he refuses to even consider forgiving him. Instead, he goes the opposite way. He makes him pay up immediately. And when the other man asks for mercy and time to repay, instead he goes off and has him thrown into prison until the debt is paid. And this, of course, causes outrage among the other servants of the king who bring the situation to the king's attention. And after he hears what happens, he sends the man to jail where he will be tormented until he pays back his very large debt. Jesus, in the parable, is inviting us to think about how much we've been forgiven by God and how this should affect our willingness to forgive each other. Because if God has forgiven us for our many sins, how much more should we forgive those who have sinned against us? And the other side of the equation, when we decide to hold on to unforgiveness, we close ourselves off to God's grace for us. Instead, we lock ourselves into a prison of bitterness and resentment towards those who have hurt us. It's a story then that Jesus tells to jolt us out of our complacency by reminding us how much we've to give thanks to God for his amazing grace and mercy and forgiveness in our lives. It's also a story to warn us of the dangers of unforgiveness to our own health and spiritual well-being as well as to our relationships with others. One of the surest antidotes to unforgiveness then is to consider God's grace and mercy and forgiveness towards us and to, to think about that. Psalm 103 puts it wonderfully in these terms, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, God says these words to his people. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And the promise we have through faith in Jesus is that, as it says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. However, even when we know God's great forgiveness of us, sometimes we need to ask for his help to forgive and to keep on forgiving, especially when the heart is deep. This was the experience of Corrie ten Boom, a Dutch Christian lady who was a prisoner in a concentration camp in World War II. 
After the war, she went around different countries telling people about God's love and forgiveness. But after one particular meeting, a former guard at the concentration camp she was in came up and spoke to her. And he held out his hand and asked if she would forgive him. Although Corrie had just been preaching about God's forgiveness of all our sins, she found herself struggling, thinking of her sister's death in the concentration camp, and she felt that she couldn't forgive. But in an act of faith, she prayed, Jesus, help me. And as she did this, she took his hand and cried, I forgive you, brother, with all my heart. And as she did that, she experienced the healing warmth of God's love. What a wonderful gospel we have to proclaim. Through Jesus, God forgives our sins and gives us his grace to help us to forgive other people so that we can be his agents of peace and reconciliation in our world by the power of his love and forgiveness. And so as it says in Ephesians 4:32, let us be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave us. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious and merciful God, we thank you for the love with which you have sought us and the forgiveness we receive through our Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you for the power of your love and forgiveness, which delivers us from evil and sets us free from the cycle of human conflict. Help us to walk in your ways of love and forgiveness that we may love and forgive as you have loved and forgiven us. And so may we receive and share your peace which transcends all understanding and guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Sovereign Lord, we pray for the leaders of nations that you may guide them in the ways of freedom justice and truth. Give wisdom and strength to our Queen and all who govern our land, that they may work for the welfare of the whole people and for your praise and glory. Bless the members of our armed forces, defend them in danger and give them courage to meet all occasions with discipline and loyalty. So may they serve the cause of justice and peace to the honour of your name. Grant that peace of your presence that it would reach all who are troubled in body, mind or spirit and all who have suffered or are still suffering from conflicts and war. For those who have suffered loss, for those who are in pain, Grant them your comfort, your strength, and your healing. Bless the continuing work of the Royal British Legion, celebrating their centenary of supporting veterans and their families. For all in our world who suffer from poverty or injustice, from conflict or climate change, we pray that you would bring them hope and that their needs would be supplied. Bless all who work for peace and justice to make this world a better place for all. Bless our young people that they may know peace and in their generation be faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Bless the church that bears your name and renew us by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we might shine as people of light, giving hope and bringing peace to our world. And now in the communion of all your people, we remember those 
whom you have gathered into the peace of your presence, especially from the storms of war and conflict. We give you thanks for those whom we have known, whose memory we treasure. May the example of their devotion inspire us that we may be taught to live by those who have learned to die. And at the last grant that we, being faithful till death, may receive with all your children the crown of life that never fades in your heavenly kingdom through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we come towards the end of our service of worship, following our closing hymn and the blessing. If you're able, I'd like to invite you to please remain standing for the singing of the two verses of God Save Our Gracious Queen and Until the Colour Party Has Left the Sanctuary. So you're welcome to stand as we, as we sing together our closing hymn, Will Your Anchor Hold? Mission Praise 770. to the living grace and to the departed rest 
to the church, the queen, the commonwealth, and all people, unity, peace, and concord. And to us and all his servants, life everlasting. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you this day and remain with you always. Amen. Thank you.